The Catholics of Oz is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to episode 80 of The Catholics of Oz. The Catholics of Oz is a show where we discuss faith, culture, and what's been happening from an Aussie perspective. Whether it's synods or science, apostolates and apps, providence or productivity, you can hear it right now on The Catholics of Oz. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of The Catholics of Oz. My name is Lindsay Sant, one of the hosts of the show. Happy to have you with us and uh, we have a lot to talk about today. But before we do that, I'd love to introduce again my lovely sister, my, uh, how do I put it, The uh, my inspired sister after all the wonderful science that's come Ooh. out this week. Yes, Caroline yes, Knight. Very much so. How are you, Caroline? Yes. Very well, thank you. Yes, um, yeah, lots of exciting stuff that we'll yeah. talk about later on. <laughs> yes, as much as the, uh, we will talk about this, as, as much as, um, yeah. as the, you know, the photos that came out recently from, from mm-hmm. space, I'm already forgetting the name of the mission, the, uh, the telescope, the James <laughs> Webb Space the Telescope, <laughs> that's a good start. As much as I could see the, the brilliance of those, I could also see the brilliance of the lights coming from your house through my window, just see with you glowing with excitement. Oh, yeah. yes, totally yeah. glowing with excitement. Yes. Very good, yeah. dampened by the winter cold, but the, you know, yeah. the light always shines through when I'm th- looking at space and yes. watching endless NASA videos about uh, the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah Th- this great. was exciting. We're looking forward to talking <laughs> yeah. about that in our science segment, which we will do. But before that even, we also have Lino Sabol, our other host. Lino, how are you today? Good morning, everyone. Good morning, guys. 80. Wow. Episode 80. Like last, yeah, last, year, last year, we sort of started. Are we eligible no, for attention now or something? Or is that yeah, we should, yeah. Be. should be. Yeah. We should be. We'll be, we'll be having a pension, pension plan once you get past 80 episodes. I don't know. Totally. Could be. Yeah. We've had a few annual leaves, but um, mm. yeah, pensions could be that. Yeah. Well, I feel, like, I feel like if we're putting it live here on a podcast, we're putting pressure on Dom to actually sort it out now. So no pressure, Dom. <laughs> 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 and that was our last episode, everyone. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, doing well, guys. Doing well. Yeah. Uh, like Caroline says, the weather's a bit dull at the moment. But uh, look, this is winter. This is actual winter. I keep on saying this is actual right winter we've now. had for a yep. long, long, for a long yeah. time. And oh my goodness me, in a few weeks from now, it will be the last month of winter. So it will be August. And then soon enough, we'll get warmer. But look, we're all doing good. Um, just hope and pray that everyone's not too sick. <laughs> In a sense, well, yeah, you know, know. It's we going keep around. getting this and that, don't we? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. there's been yeah. that. Um, had my fourth, fourth boost. They call it. This is a oh, fourth yeah, boost. The fourth COVID right. vaccine. COVID vaccine. So yeah. I had it yesterday. So just to make sure. Mm. It, for us, what is it, guys? It's a over forties. It's. Not over 30s over now. 30s so get over 30s, yeah, yeah. Fourth, uh, you get a fourth. Over 30s. Well, yeah. well eligible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very eligible. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's, really yeah. eligible. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm feeling okay. Like, I've had no symptoms, like, like as in being tired and everything, or any re- reactions yeah. from it. But um, the only thing I've had is just a very sore arm. Of course. Yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. the worst it's, thing about yeah, the vaccine, it feels, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And it, it's funny thing is, my uh, better that wanted to. Um, do some um, work around the house. Oh, um, no. Move the furniture and vacuum. <laughs> and I go, I could try. 
Let's just, <laughs> let's do this. Let's try to do this. Yeah. Ah! Oh, no, that didn't work. That didn't work. <laughs> Any excuse to get out of housework is a good one, isn't it? <laughs> I had a vaccine. Getting your, yeah, yeah, getting your vaccine. So I'm vaccinated. Come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, Lino, when we were younger, you know, we were eligible bachelors. As you get older, the things you get eligible for aren't as exciting, are they? So, yeah, eligible for a fourth booster, you know, things like that. You know, eligible true. for all that kinds of true. different health tests. I'm not sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. So it's changed when you get married. But not look, the same fun. Not, it's not, it's not <laughs> that fun. eligibility. Yeah. You're yeah. fun. Yeah. It was eligible fun, yeah, for a funeral look. plan, you know. Like, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. And that's a very grim episode. We're not eligible for that yet, are no, we? No, not quite yet. No, we've got at least two or three years before we have to think about that, too. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, with the prices, I think we have. We have to probably buy a plot of land <laughs> before it gets too expensive. But yeah. that's that's sorry about that. That's, uh, that's, 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 that's a wrong, the, wrong. In a nature yeah. reserve, I'll be happy. Yeah, my yeah, backyard's yeah, big yeah. enough. I'm sure we can. Yeah, yeah. work something yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, a bit of room. There's a bit of room there behind the shed. I can see through the windows. So oh, sure. oh, no. yeah. Can we change the subject, please? <laughs> let's change it. <laughs> subject crazy. changed. That's All right. Crazy, crazy. All right. So uh, let's do that by saying that before we continue with the show, uh, if you're new, welcome. Happy to have you on board. If you're still here with us. Um, so uh, if you're new to listen, um, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast player as well and some positive feedback because it helps us to reach new people. And this podcast, being a community show, is what we're all about. SQPN is also hosting all of its shows, including the Catholics of Oz, on YouTube. So you can subscribe there. And don't forget to hit the bell to get notifications when new episodes are released. So with that in mind, let's begin with Faith Beyond Borders. Well, I'm actually feeling rather good about this. I think we've all arrived at a very special place, eh? Spiritually, ecumenically. How do you make somebody love you without affecting free will? Welcome to my world, son. You come up with an answer to that one, you let me know. Yes, I had to work very hard to pass... Latin and theology? Oh, quite. Those are, of course, the most important things. Oh, yeah. I'd sit this one out, Cap. That'll see how I can. These guys come from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, man. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. So, Lino and Caroline, I've been uh, looking at different ways to present this topic because it's a huge one. It is, mm, it is a it big, is. big, big topic, <laughs> well, for the church in Australia especially. But I think I, I, I'm pretty sure this will make waves um, in parts of the church around the world, especially in Rome, in, in a good way as well, not in a, not in a negative way, uh, in a good way. And what I'm talking about is that the Australian Catholic Church has just had its fifth plenary council, so number five um, in, here in the year of 2022, and... Um, and basically, the plenary council is the highest level of meeting in a in a local church, or in our, in our case, in the Australian church, to work out future directions, to work out, you know, to configure the church for the next period of time, whatever that might be. So this um, plenary council um, was huge in its operation. We we um in fact. We talked about the Plenary Council, Caroline, in episode one or episode two of this podcast. We came back to it in, I think it was about episode 65 or somewhere in the, somewhere in the 60s. We've, we talked about it again when the first session uh, happened. That, was, that happened on Zoom. They, they met on Zoom, all the delegates, because of, um, uh, because of the, the pandemic and uh, prevented that meeting. 
uh, meetings had been delayed because of the pandemic and other things, and now they finally managed to, to you know, thank God to get around it, or get around to it, I should say. So I thought I might, first of all, just give a few facts about the background where this all started. Um, and I'm taking this from an old article from the Melbourne Catholic, uh, which says the following. In 2017, the Australian bishops took the extraordinary move to propose that the Australian church hold a plenary council, which is a gathering of bishops and representatives of the church. The last one was held in 1937, marking more than 80 years since the last one was held. And I might throw a fun fact in here as well. So the, um, the fourth plenary council, 1937, one of the decrees or one of the motions was that priests are not uh, and bishops are not allowed to go and watch movies. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. That's how long what, ago it really? was. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually looked into the background or the context of that, but they weren't allowed to go to the movies. I think we know some priests who love movies. Uh, <laughs> I feel no, like, I feel like um, yeah, that they might have started to ignore that one yeah. over time. <laughs> yep. Yes. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. I'm but sure I've, I've been to a movie with a priest as yeah. well. <laughs> but having said well, that, yeah. now, now, that that's, uh, now that that's been <laughs> abrogated, Archbishop Comensoli, do you want to go watch the Minions movie with us? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Open invitation. <laughs> Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm sure there's going to be like, um, you know, a, a pre-session to go and watch Top Gun or something very, very soon. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. like that idea. <laughs> no, not Top uh, Gun. You All know, right. Yeah, the, something the else. The thing is, because you remember Lindsay, Dad yeah. used to love Top Gun. I oh think that gosh. was the first movie he took us to that see. That was the first movie we saw. I'm not sure we were actually meant to see that movie at that, at that age, not. to be honest. Him for yeah. some reason, yeah. I, I vaguely remember <laughs> yeah. going, but then yeah. after that, he'd watch it. Over and Every over. time it came yeah. on TV. And I just, if I hear okay, that song, Take much. My Breath Away again, Ugh, any, yeah, I know. I just, I groan. it makes me want I groan when yeah, I hear that. I can't. But so I, I can't don't really groan. bring myself to bring the second one. Yeah. I don't groan <laughs> when I hear Highway to okay. the Danger Zone. I'm sorry. Where no, that's pretty like, cool. Yeah. That is a good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when I see the clip, I groan. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah. It's not my favorite. Just, yeah. just saying. Yeah, it's anyway. the, he's kind of like singing the song on his bed while clips of Top Gun, I don't know, play. I don't know. It's the 80s, mm-hmm. what can I say? Not good. Not yeah, good. it was the 80s. It, it was cool then, yeah. Yeah, it was anyway, cool. It was cool. Um, from the plenary, from Top Gun back to the plenary council. <laughs> I will say, I, I will say, now it was in Sydney that we watched it, wasn't it, Caroline? We went to Sydney, we went to the oh, movies. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Goodness. But yeah. I fell asleep we within so the young, first, because it must have been an evening. Yeah. Uh, I, I fell asleep. It would have been. Yeah, I remember. I think I just remember going yeah. and I can't remember anything nah, else. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I didn't remember the movie until watching it as an adult later mm. on. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's not that great of a movie. To be honest, although I mean, like the airplane, like stuff is like is brilliant, oh, right? No. The cinematography I mean, is like yeah. whoa. We, you know? we are aircraft fans, aren't yeah, we? We've we are. been to yeah. air shows that was growing up cool. with the dad yeah. as an airplane fanatic, yeah. like yeah. So that's yeah. Cool. and there's memorable lines that you know, Lino and I, we've walked past each other and go, "I've got the need, yeah, yeah. the need for yeah. speed." We've done that, haven't we, Lino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's, you guys are pilot and co-pilot in life, aren't that's you? That's true. So. Yeah, there have been times where I said, "You can be my wingman." Yeah, I won't say what you said in reply. No, we no, can't no, repeat no. the next line, but yeah, exactly. That's right. yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And every time we hear it in our heads, we'll hear. Oh my yeah. gosh! Anyway, back to the plenary council. <laughs> yeah. If you could see my face, yeah, that Dom, was the fun fact about face. movies. I just thought, I'd, yeah, <laughs> add that in there. So Pope Francis gave his blessing and encouragement for the um, for the bishops to embark on this plenary council um, to invite the entire people of God to contribute as well for this gathering. So all Catholics were invited to participate and to have a voice. Catholics across, across Australia, and I remember this happening, were encouraged to gather in groups to enter into the first stage of discernment, which involved prayer, listening, and dialogue. 
And the key question was, what is God asking of us in Australia at this time? So we in our podcast, we talked about this. Um, people had chances to do submissions. I ran groups in my school for students and for staff with other teachers. We, we collected feedback, submitted and, and things like that. Now, as a result, there were 17,000 submissions uh, made. And through those 17,000 submissions, the working group discerned six themes that, that came up. And so those themes, uh, how is God calling us to be a Christ-centered church? That is, and this is the themes that came from the people of God, really, missionary and evangelizing, inclusive, participatory, and synodal, uh, prayerful and Eucharistic, humble, healing, and merciful, a joyful, hope-filled servant community, and open to conversion, renewal, and reform. So those were the themes that, that came about. They became an instrumentum laboris, which was a working paper, which we've talked about. Um, and then from there, there were 277 delegates plus bishops, or including bishops, that, um, that then became the, the people that would discuss, debate, uh, and, and talk about um, you know, what decisions were going to be made. And then there was the first plenary session, which we've spoken about in a previous podcast. I won't retread grounds, but um, a lot of addition, um, questioning, discussion, more discernment, more prayer happens to to firm up what would then become a set of motions. And those motions um, under, I think it was nine different categories, eight or nine different categories, were then brought to the plenary council to be discussed, um, to be listened to, and then to be voted upon. So basically it was a voting process. So there were two types of votes. There were um, the votes of the people, and I forgot the names of the uh, of the official titles of these, but the votes of the of the the people that had been invited to come along. So there were experts, people from different fields, or from you know there were um, delegates from every diocese in Australia who were part of the voting process, and that basically gave you a sense of the people, the, where the, the faith of the people, how they were discerning the spirit, and then the votes that um, that would then. Approve or disapprove were the votes of the bishops. So these were the votes that counted for the final decision that was being made. Um, and, so, and so that's kind of how it all worked. So I'm not going to spend time in this podcast going through the number of votes, uh, you know, and how many votes and whatever, because it will start sounding like the Brownlows, you know, like a Brownlow night. Archbishop Commonsoli, three votes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it wasn't very really good. Like, yeah. It almost sounds like, um, like, a, like a voting they do in the in parliament isn't it is that what the how they do yeah so it is a voting process now the whole Mm -hmm. idea of the voting though is not that it's a popularity you know this is a popular motion or whatever um yeah the voting is um basically is the spirit leading us to say that this is the direction the church should be going in and and so and this is why i like um it was there were a few commentators and and i think i think this was true myself because i listened to Every day I listened to the plenary podcast, which was like a, where they had three or three people who would be interviewed and sort of summarize honestly as well, which is really good, an honest summary of what happened on the day. Because there were some days that were difficult and that will come up later on. Uh, and also listening to the live, um, they had like a broadcast every day, media conference that would go for about half an hour or so where they'd have other delegates so they invited, basically there were different delegates. It wasn't all bishops. It was, it would usually be like a bishop and a priest and some and some lay delegates, which was really good to see. And it wasn't a cover up, you know. Like, you know, there's controversy. Let's pretend we didn't have it, have controversy. Explain it away. A lot of times, it was sort of an honest and raw discussion of what of what was happening. So uh, now, 
I just want to let the people know how this will go because there were, like I said, there were nine decrees, you know, like one or two of them are really small, like the last one, which just abrogates the previous plenary council. So bishops can watch movies again. That's a whole other thing. Um, but, uh, but the thing is, uh, there's just too much content to do in one podcast. Even if I dedicated a whole hour and 15 minutes of podcast to it, it would take too long that we couldn't go through everything. So what I'd like to do is basically talk about a couple of degree decrees per episode. So today I just want to focus on the first two and, uh, and any commentary that was made about them if it's there as well. So very, very quickly, um, I, I just talked about the before the, the, um, the plenary. I'd also like to talk about the after the plenary as well. There was a, 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 um, a final statement, a concluding statement, which I've put a link to in our show notes. And there's a summary of that statement in the Catholic Weekly, which is a, a um, I think it's a Sydney publication for the Catholic Church. And uh, I'll just get a few lines out of this just to give you a, a an afterwards, a, a wrap-up of the overall thing, and then I'll just dig into these two decrees with you. So it says here, The Fifth Plenary Council of Australia was an experience for Catholics in many, uh, in many ways, said Archbishop Timothy Costello, uh, who was the, the president of the, the Plenary Council, said it lived in a tentative and incomplete fashion as they tried to reimagine the church in Australia through a missionary lens. Uh, we have tried and at times struggled, he said, and perhaps occasionally failed to listen carefully to each other. Um, he, and he said this at a mass. The Lord never promised discipleship would be without its challenges. Nevertheless, we have made some decisions, opened up some possibilities, and experienced the depth and complexity of some of the challenges we face. Much work remains to be done, he added. Uh, now, the diversity and richness, tensions, uh, tears, hopes and joys of the Catholic Church in Australia were on display at the week-long assembly in Sydney, particularly uh, on the Wednesday, July the 6th, which saw a disruption in the painstakingly planned schedule. It erupted after two motions pertaining to the equal dignity of men and women in the church did not pass. And I'll get into that in more detail in a future episode. Uh, at issue was the assembly process itself, along with questions over women's participation in the church's life and ways in which women are recognized or not recognized as they seek to fulfill their mission as baptized Catholic Catholics. With the support from the steering committee, a four-person writing group presented five revised motions to the assembly, which all passed on the 8th of July. On the 9th of July, council members approved a concluding statement signed by all members of the assembly, which reflected on the discernment that took place over the week. And a couple of statements from that, uh, from that closing statement include things like, Every moment has been blessed. The entire week has been grace-filled, though never a cheap grace. The Holy Spirit has been both comforter and disruptor. Throughout the assembly, diverse views and approaches were named, occasionally appearing to be irreconcilable. At a pivotal, ju at a pivotal juncture the, in the assembly, some of the differences helped move the council from having a process to being in process from following an agenda to following the Holy Spirit into the unknown. So that's all I'll say about that. Um, um, and I'll leave that article for people to read in our show notes because I do want to get to some of the decrees. But uh, I, I do want to say uh, um, before I was saying that this was a synodal process. And the reason why I say that is that we actually, again, I did an episode on synodality and the church and the, the synod on synodality that's coming up. Uh, I think next year is when it, takes off. Uh, I'll have to get someone to correct me on that. But synodality again is the people of God listening, talking, dialoguing together and together discerning the will of the Holy Spirit. So the church working together to say, what is God calling us to do? And it's a prayerful exercise. It's not, uh, it's not meant to be 
uh, what is the most popular opinion, but it's what is God's opinion? How is God calling us? So there's a lot of prayer, a lot of time of discernment. And this is why there were disruptions. There were times of tears because, uh, because it, it, it wasn't about, uh, and, and in fact, it might have been, there might have been people who wanted to get things forward because they wanted it themselves. But in all of that, um, what I saw was um, I, I listened to and I read different sources from different, I hate to use the word sides, but maybe different parts of the spectrum of the church. You know, So people who were more progressive, people who were more conservative, people in between, I was, I was following all of it. And what was interesting is that maybe... They didn't all agree with each other with some things in the end, but they all listened to each other. Uh, they all worked together and, and the spirit got them through. The church is moving forward you know, the, in that way. And whether the process has been perfect or not, it was synodal. It was about everyone there listening to the spirit. And, uh, and I think what got up was, was good in a way. What we saw is good. And I'll let other commentators say other things about what they thought should have been or shouldn't have been there. But my, my personal thing is, I do think this is a good shift for the church in Australia, especially to, as um, Pope John the Twenty Third said, you know, listen to the signs of the times, be attentive to the to the current society we're in, so the church can be missionary in society today, not be missionary for a society of the nineteen thirties or even the nineteen eighties, you know, but but to be in the here and now, post COVID, well, not post COVID, in COVID, I guess, whatever you want to call it, yeah. you know fourth booster shot, all that kind of stuff, whatever it might be. (laughs) But where we are right now, uh, the people of God have have discerned, you know, based on all the submissions that were made by, you know, by anyone who wanted to participate. And submissions are made by people in the church and outside the church as well. The the church offered this to anyone who wanted to make submissions. So it was a deep listening process. And I'm really grateful that it has happened. So with that in mind, today I'd like to talk about two decrees. The first one is uh, about reconciliation. Um, this is the first one that uh, I'm going in order of, of, of how they were voted for and, and, then, um, and then accepted. The first one is reconciliation, healing wounds, receiving gifts. So this, uh, this was about um, Indigenous Australians and Indigenous spirituality and being more open to it. So it started off by saying in the decree, all Australians have much to learn from the cultures, spirituality and knowledge of country of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. However, our society is yet to fully to recognise fully Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waters now known as Australia, or to achieve right relationship with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and communities. The Catholic Church in Australia has been caught up in the history of dispossession, stolen generations, racism, and the undermining language and culture. Dioceses, eparchies, and religious institutes have made sincere efforts to share faith, education, and pastoral services with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. However, much suffering has been inflicted by the historically misguided attempts of those who are ignorant of the cultural richness of these peoples. We know that we will not be fully the church that Jesus wants until uh, wants us to be until Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have made their contribution to the life of the church and until that contribution has been joyfully received by others within the church. Those first three paragraphs that I just read are essentially John Paul II coming to it. You know, he's a reflection of what he said in, in his visit to Australia. So um, good to see that that's, that that's made it into the decree as well. So this is in continuity with what Pope John Paul II said about the Australian church and its relationships with, with Indigenous Australians. So the Plenary Council joyfully received recommendations from NATSIC, which is the National Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Catholic Council, 
which submitted uh, in hope that the Catholic Church in Australia will more resemble the church that Jesus Christ wants her to be uh, um, in relation to Australia's first peoples. So their submission contained um, recommendations such as developing the cross-cultural competency of clergy, religious, lay workers, and volunteers into the Catholic Church to enable a more effective and appropriate ministry with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. NATSIC calls upon the Catholic Church to support Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Catholics to undertake formation and training. I'm summarizing some of this. I won't read every single word that's in there. Um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander spirituality contains symbols and rituals that, when used appropriately in Catholic liturgical contexts, enrich our celebrations and facilitate a welcoming environment for Indigenous people. NATSIC recommends that the traditional custodians of the land on which the church, school, parish, or organization stands be acknowledged in a prominent and appropriate uh, manner. And NATSIC calls upon the Catholic Church to unearth and discover the genius and gifts that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples possess. So the Plenary Council, firstly, um, says sorry to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in, um, in and beyond the church for the part played by the church in harms that they have suffered. It committed to walking with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in continuing to work towards recognition, reconciliation, and justice. It joyfully receives and accepts the recommendations of NATSIC, so that was everything that I just listed above. And it also endorsed the Uluru Statement from the Heart and encourages engagement with processes for implementing the statement, including local, regional, and national truth-telling efforts. So the decree then, uh, there were two articles in the decree, and uh, this is what was basically accepted by um, by the Plenary Council, that each school, parish, diocese, eparchy, or organization will respond to the recommendations contained in the NATSIC position paper, embracing Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders in the life of the Catholic Church, in the following ways. Firstly, acknowledging in a prominent and appropriate manner the traditional custodians of the land upon which the buildings stand. To include the online cultural competency in the Catholic context course developed by NATSIC and approved by the Bishop's Commission for relations with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the orientation and ongoing formation of staff and volunteers to enable more effective and appropriate ministry. Uh, To ensure that any retreats or other formation activities offered are culturally appropriate and to work actively to include Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on its committees, boards and decision-making bodies. And finally, the second article... Uh, said that the Advisory Council of the Bishop's Commission for Liturgy, in partnership with NATSIC, will develop options for the liturgically and culturally appropriate use of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander symbols and rituals in Catholic liturgical contexts, with respect for the diversity of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. And there's a lot more it says there, but that basically is a summary. So I'll take a pause there before we get to the second decree. But uh, basically what you can see there is the um, broadening of the church's relationship, firstly with um, uh, Aboriginal Catholics, but also beyond as well. So there's a, what is the church doing within the church to, uh, to acknowledge and to show more acceptance of Aboriginals in the, in the life of the church? And not just you can come in the door. I mean, obviously they can come in the door, but also to, to accept from a culturally sensitive or cult, you know, cultural understanding of who they are as well. We should understand the cultures that come into our parishes, every culture, and, um, and, you know, that there is, you know, Natsik is saying there needs to be more understanding of, of Indigenous culture across the, the church or, or in all of Australia. And then the second part of that decree was obviously including Indigenous symbols, cultural items and ritual, ritual practices within the Catholic liturgy where they're appropriate to do so. 
So I'll throw it over to you guys first of all, because that's just the first one. Um, Caroline, any thoughts on what you've just heard on, on that one there? Yeah, I mean, um, I it's I like how like the church really takes on board what is happening outside the church as well, like in, in society. Like at the moment, there is a focus to... Um, more uh, to acknowledge uh, Indigenous culture, you know, more in, in society and, mm. you know, like um, um, making the statement, what would, <laughs> what's yeah. the statement called from again? Heart. Um, from the, the heart all, all and, and yeah. acknowledging the people of the land, mm-hmm. um, you know, so to yeah. really make Indigenous people feel like they are part of, society like they always yep. should have been you know yes, and yeah. recognize them yeah and um and i love how the church is doing that as well including their culture in amongst the many many cultures that um that are in the church already like you, you know you you can go to any any mass in any language and it would yes. be good to have such like an indigenous mass as well or you yeah. know so it would be good to to yep. more incorporate that into the church because we, you know, the church needs to reflect society as well, like to take into consideration society. So this is a good, good step. Yeah. This is, it's not controversial. To, it's not a, it's a non-controversial mm. point to say mm-hmm. more indigenous um, uh, representation in our masses, because if you go to any yeah. other place around the world, you'll find that the yeah. culture of the day yes. is represented. Yes. And yes. Indigenous Australians are not an added extra to this country. No, no, they, no. They are this country. They are this country. This is their country. They were here first. And that's White not controversial to say either. That's just a statement it of fact. It is a fact. Yeah, it's, it's a, a fact. fact. And you're and so, right. When yeah. I went to, you know, I visit New Zealand quite often because yeah. of Phil's family are from New Zealand. And Māori now, the, the native language yeah. of the Māori, is now incorporated um, in the mass. So yeah. you will hear prayers, sections of prayers being prayed in Māori. They'll have, you know, like, they'll just put the different sections in Māori and eventually you learn it because you hear it so often. I was there and I was picking up words, you know, in Māori because it it is so, you hear the words so often and more Māori people are um, now represented in society on TV, on radio, yes, yeah, in, yeah. in media, everywhere, yeah. like they should be. Yes. Um, and so, not to say that other cultures are excluded, but now the Maori are well included in society. And yeah. so it would be lovely to see that here in Australia, where the Indigenous population in their own country yes, are represented. Yeah. So yeah. it would be lovely. And it is lovely to learn other cultures and be part of other cultures and learn other languages and, yeah. you know, be inclusive, have everybody included. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. No, good one. Like Lino? <laughs> yep. Any thoughts, Lino? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when this is a decree, um, when will this be implemented into the um, into the church that's a good question yes so uh what happens from here is all of these decrees the all all nine of them and again i'll go through others later in in other podcasts uh in november they are formally submitted to rome and then then rome will go through a process of deciding if they'll be approved or not um and i I can't see well there might be one or two but i can't see anything else there's one on the third right of confession which i'll get to later on that's way down the track um but yeah i can't see these not being accepted you know pretty much i think that they should be um and then from there i think i think the i think each decree says 6 months from their from their acceptance that we're obliged to begin 
right? So it's the direction of the church. Now, now it has to start. So right, we could be looking okay. at sometime next year. I don't, I, it just depends on how long it takes for, uh, for Rome, like to look at it and yeah, and tick it off. Yep. Okay. Then. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. I think yeah. Look, I think I've seen. Well, I've seen a lot of it in um on TV and, and radio and everything. Yeah, acknowledging the first people of our nation. And um, you know the Torres Strait Islanders and everything. Yeah. And I think that it's move. It's slowly, not slowly, but it's getting into the into the um our normal um lives and yes and our culture is in, in a sense now. So this is a great great step. Um, mm. uh, we've, you know, the the reconciliation. I think we've talked about that too. You know, yeah. you know, other podcasts about the healing wounds and and all that stuff. And and um, it's good to see that there is something moving on. Yeah. And it progressing through it so I, I i understand it's it's i think i think some of it may be a bit risky i'm not being, being controversial but i don't yep. think we'll do a um a whole aboriginal ceremony in front of holy family well it's not about of the smoke that sort of yeah. thing but maybe. Well, in, it, in yeah. darwin like i've said yeah. we have a friend who was in darwin and they used yeah. to they used to incorporate traditions yeah. Aboriginal okay, traditions okay. in the mass and during the mass so i think yeah. I think there's a place for it. As long as you keep to the structure of the mass, yeah. there's no harm in Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about having a corroboree, during, you know, a corroboree during mass or anything, but, you know, but there are, like, for example, I mean, so uh, in a way, and again, not being controversial here, but I, I feel like sometimes Catholic schools are ahead of the curve on this, all right? So, we, you know, we're, we're taking active steps as part of the church too, you know, so the church, different sectors of the church move at their you know, at the pace they have to evolve to in their understanding over time. So that's not that's not a comment about anyone else or trying to be condescending. But Catholic schools, because we have a broad variety of culture in our schools, so you know, we that's that's just the way it is. Depending on where your school might be located. So, for example, we've um, every time we open a building, a new building at the school, there's always an indigenous elder present who will do a smoking ceremony for us and make a statement. Yeah, yeah that's great. You know, so that, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah, we have yeah. that. Um, and uh, we have other, you know, for example, our school has links with the Bunurong Land Council, which is the lands that our school is on. And so we have, yeah, so we have what's called a RAP, which is a reconciliation action plan, right? So they give us, they give us the steps that help to pro- uh, promote and foster more reconciliation. And what the steps they give us is actually to say, for the students at your school who are Indigenous, and we have a small number, not a massive number, but there are a small number, and they don't like to tell people that they're Indigenous for different reasons. Mm. They're just afraid of, you know, of what people might say, that's which sad. is the, they that's, be but that's the society, and, and you know, that's the society we're in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Maltese you know, don't. I have no no problem telling yeah. everyone we're Maltese. Are we? We're louder Maltese. Exactly. You know it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. 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 We're, we're Filipino and very quiet. And yeah. No, okay. Anyway. Not. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Filipinos are quiet. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been to your parties, Lena. I know what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of karaoke going on. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you know oh, it. You know fun. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but getting getting back to that point, um, for example, they said to us. If uh, if the main buildings in your school had a, a plaque with an acknowledgement of land on it, yeah, Aboriginal students and people who come feel more comfortable and more welcome. Mm, you know, yeah, having flags yeah, out, having you know, there are, there are steps mm-hmm. that you can take to ensure. Um, mm-hmm. And that none of this is an extra burden, to be honest. You know, um, having an acknowledgement of of land at every uh, at every gathering, you know, assemblies, you know, before masses, all of that. Again, not controversial. We do that already. 
Um, and it, it, the plenary council decree is basically saying that things like that are going to happen sooner or later. Um, I've, I've always thought myself, maybe this is controversial, it shouldn't be, but I've always thought um, that at the, before a mass begins, an acknowledgement of, of land Country. Know, should yeah, be a totally. thing, yeah, yeah. yeah before yeah. Our, for our yeah. mass, yeah. yeah, 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 that makes um, sense. Yeah, even for totally. a priest to come in and say, you know, we're celebrating today on the land of, you know, and we pay respect to their elders, past and present. Yeah, and let's continue. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's nothing this wrong is, with it. This is their land. Yeah. We should acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. we have to remember, um, Aboriginals never ceded this land. They never gave it up. Mm. Right? No, they, mm. they, um, you know, settlers no. came and pushed them aside. That that was exactly. All right, so they, they never gave up the land. There's no historical, here it is, it's all yours now. Um, so we have to keep that in mind too. And, and respect and honour that, that every, every person who's not Aboriginal didn't have their roots here historically. Their roots come from Europe or you know, Asia or another part of the world. Um, so, and again, not to say that we should be ashamed of that, not, not at all. But just to, just to understand that we are yeah we're honoured. It's an honour that we can share this yeah, land with I'm, Aboriginal I'm people. I'm grateful that we can be here in this yeah. extremely beautiful land, and are grateful yeah. to them for yeah. okay, they are forcibly sharing it, but nonetheless they're sharing the country with us. Yeah. And but in return, we can acknowledge them and learn yes. about their cultures and be involved. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, in a way, we can come to a something you know an meet in the middle that way yes yeah. and that's yeah. what from the heart yeah, i mean from the heart comes yeah. from the aboriginal people that statement and it represents the overwhelming majority and, and they want to move forward together and so and we should. how humble is that of them because yeah. they could be outrageously angry all the time yes. about it but when i've yeah. heard them speak they just want to come to some kind of resolution and yeah. just be acknowledged and and really, have a say you know, and have a say exactly, in their country's and have future. A say. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. which is only fair, isn't yeah. it? Like yeah. it makes sense. Advance yeah. Australia fair. We say it all the time, don't we? You know, the, yes. there it is. Yep. All right. So I'll move on to the second decree. See how it's taking a long time to get through. So that's why we're not yes. doing mine today. Yeah. All right. Well, they're important so, topics. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yes. It is, yeah. Well, um, if that's an important topic, the second one is also an important. In fact, they're all important topics, but this one is also important too. Uh, given the history of the church in Australia. Now, this one is called, and I, I do like the title, Choosing Repentance, Seeking Healing. So the idea of making the choice to be repentant about this topic. So this has to do with survivors of um, of sexual abuse within the church. Um, and it's an important topic. Now, I mean, we've, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. So I won't bring it all up again, but the history of our parish isn't great in this area. And all you need to do is Google our parish, and you know it's one of the first things that that comes up. So we're we're acutely aware of our parish's history, and and all of us have been committed to healing, uh, and and not pretending that there's you know that that things didn't happen, right? That some horrible things happened even you know, in our parish, not necessarily why we were there, but certainly in its no. in the in the decades preceding. At least that's mm. I mean. As far I as think I understand, we kind of yeah. just missed it. We were very lucky. We were very yeah. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. won't say more about that because no, we could. We that's could. That's all out there. We you could, could get, go and We look could it get up. quite personal yeah. and take a long time yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. But no. we have had those. Yeah. We have had yeah. those conversations before. I mean, we we've, we've been yeah. affected, haven't we? I mean, absolutely. By the, yeah. The yeah. news about it and yeah. the shock and yeah. everything else, every other yeah. feeling that you have about it. Yeah. We're not survivors, but we're certainly hurt by what's happened. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's. Uh, oh, by the way, although I say we're hurt, uh, positive steps have happened in between that time. So, yes. for example, we've had yes. you know we've had Archbishop Comensoli. He we, remember when he came. Uh, he he mentioned on our podcast that 
our parish was one of the first ones he wanted to come to when he started doing his tour of 200 parishes or 200 plus because he was, he was also aware of our parish's history in which he came and acknowledged and, you know, and said sorry and, you know, and all that. So, I mean, that was, a, that was an important gesture um, from him. Very kind and I've him. had, uh, yeah. we've had, and I can't remember his name now. I've gone blank on his name. And I think that was probably one of the, one of the best gestures too. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking on his name now. Um, Bishop... No, Bishop Mark Edwards, uh, when mm. he'd found out that our that my that my youth group when I was running youth group years and years ago at the the Catholic Youth Festival in Adelaide, when he found out we were there, he approached us and said, "Can I can I get you to stand up um, during the mm. you know during my speech? I want to say something." Um, and he apologized as well, you know, to our oh, I, I had thirty amazing. young people there. And they heard that, that and that was so. Uh, I, although so there's hurt, I want to acknowledge also that the church um, has been doing things. Uh, specifically for Holy Family, which I'm grateful for as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in that, with that in mind, the the um the decree acknowledges that the church uh has failed in in many ways, um and wants to commit uh wherever they can to promote healing for those so gravely harmed and to make the church a truly safe place for everyone. Uh, the church has taken significant steps in recent decades to respond to those who have suffered the trauma of abuse. These included, for example, the National Towards Healing and the Melbourne, the Melbourne Response as well. Diocese and other church organizations have introduced policies and, and procedures to ensure the practice and professional standards of safeguarding, which we do have in, um, in, here in Melbourne, for example. Um, Australian Catholic Safeguarding Limited, as well as regional and, and local initiatives, have an ongoing role in promoting the protection of um, child and, uh, and adults at risk. And, um, you know, for example, Lino, you know, your wife, Bernadette, is our child safety officer at our parish. And this, again, is the initiative of, of, the, of, the, um, of the Catholic Church in Australia. We do have safeguarding standards. And uh, Bernadette would say, if we had her on, Bernadette would tell you how big a process. It's not just have you got a working with children's check. There's a lot more that goes into it than, oh, than just yeah, that. There's a lot of good um, background, yeah. And I'm sure um, Bernadette has has told you quite a bit, Lido, about you know yeah, what she, she has, has to a few do. Times, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, and, I, if she was on this podcast, you yeah, Don will probably have to um yeah, um, it'd be an over hour podcast, to, yeah. Um, over, bleep out yeah. some um, profanities if if she wanted. Yeah, maybe to maybe that at times, yeah. It can be a it can be a it definitely can be a frustrating process because I'm part of the community that she runs. But although it's a frustrating process, even Bernadette would tell you that it's worthwhile doing because. We know yes. that we're safeguarding children. You know, that's at the end of the day in our parish. Um, as tough as it can be, sometimes we're, we're safeguarding children. So the the um, the decree goes on to say, in responding to the call to become more a more Christ centered church, the members of the plenary council reflected on the special care that Christ showed to children, welcoming them and blessing them. And, and he's quoting um, they're quoting Matthew and Mark's gospel. You know, let the children come to me, and so on. Uh, we are keenly aware of the cases in, the ch- uh, in which the church failed to follow Christ's example f- of such care, and we acknowledge the need for, repent- for repentance. As a plenary council, we recommit the Catholic Church in Australia to responding transparently with justice and compassion to those who have been abused. Um, and I'm, again, I'm not reading every single word because it will take a, a long time. Um, but the plenary council says sorry to the victims of uh, and survivors of abuse, their families and communities. It recommits the church to responding with justice and compassion. It encourages the practice where appropriate of local memorials in various forms as a tangible recognition of the harm done through abuse and the need for special care of children. It reaffirms the commitment of the church in Australia to the work of implementing and improving safeguarding standards and practices. It calls on Catholics to um, to commit to ensuring the church environments are safe and respectful 
and it requests the Australian Catholic Bishops Conference, Catholic Ridge Australia, and the Association of Ministerial Public Juridic Persons, there's a lot of titles there, with assistance uh, from appropriate expert, experts to study, acknowledge, and address systemic failures which have facilitated abuse within the church. So that was just the introduction. Here is the decree itself. So the decree is, um, so in addition to the steps that I've just mentioned there, uh, that to express more fully the aims of the annual Safeguarding Sunday in consultation with those who have been harmed by abuse. So a new name will be adopted, Safeguarding Sunday, uh, for Safeguarding Sunday, sorry, so the new name isn't mentioned yet, and the Bishop's Commission for Liturgy will develop appropriate rituals and liturgical resources to be offered to parishes on the day. So essentially, um, apart from all the steps that I just mentioned in the, in the top, the, all the ministerial steps and the continuing develop of safety standards and whatever, in a tangible way for the people to see. So we do have a safeguarding Sunday. Now, it might just fly by because it depends on if, if it's acknowledged. And we've had some Sundays where it's been acknowledged in some years and somewhere it's just flown under the radar. And that's not, that's not to blame anyone that that's happened, but it's because maybe not enough emphasis has been placed on it. So it, it takes the active remembrance of many people. You know, it's not just the priest. You know, it shouldn't just say, oh, the priest didn't mention it. It takes all of us to, to do it, to know that Safeguarding Sunday is coming up uh, and, then, and then doing something about it. So essentially what it will look like in the future is it will have a different name. So a more, you know, Safeguarding Sunday is okay, but it probably needs a more appropriate name that really really packs the weight of what we're doing and a liturgy um, that's specifically made for that Sunday as well, which I think these are all really good, good steps. So Caroline, I've read a lot of words, but over to you, what do you think about this second decree on, on, um, on the need for repentance and healing? Yeah, no, I mean, it's always the first step is acknowledgement, which is, has been done and is being done and the further steps that are being taken and all the safeguards implemented. I mean, these are all good things and, the more we can do to protect children, the better. So, of course, I'm, you know, of course, I'm 100% on board <laughs> with this one. And, um, you know, as, especially as a parent, um, you know, we want our children to be safe all the time and we want to be able to go anywhere, really, and, and know that they're going to be okay. And especially when we go to church, which is, you know, you just assume is a safe place anyway. So, yeah, it's just um, these are just all really good things. Yeah. 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 And I think um, when you, if you were to look at what the church has implemented with its safeguarding practices now, uh, and I'm, I'm speaking from the experience here in Melbourne, uh, you, you, some people might look at it and say, whoa, this is a bit overboard. What? We can't do this. We can't do that. This is, you know, this is, this is, uh, you know, like a nanny state church and things like that. But the thing is, what's been implemented, we have to remember, is based on research. It's based on the situations that made children vulnerable in the past that's been that that has been explored we had a royal commission in australia it yeah, doesn't get yeah. any bigger than that so it has no, the no. highest powers of investigation to subpoena anyone exactly. and everything and whatever else so we have to keep that in mind as well so the research has been done and this is what it's based on and at the end of the day um sometimes people complain to me and i don't have a go at them but i'll say this is about us saying we care about children we mm. want our parishes to set the standard all of our church buildings, institutions, schools, yeah. whatever, to say that this is the safest place a child can be in Australia. And I think yeah. this is what we, we want to commit ourselves to. And to say never and again, never, never, right. never, and ever can, again. And you can't do enough to protect yes. children. So I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Lino, any thoughts? Oh, well, yeah. Well, 
yeah, the totally protection of our children in our church. Um, I, what upset me, and I'm not, not going to be too down about it, was, you know, it, why wasn't it done earlier? But when you look back, you know, and look all through what happened and everything, it was just, it's a sad, sad um, past. And that is why we now have to work harder in, in protecting our children. Mm. You know, there are, you know, these um, safeguards and everything. Um, you know, I was just saying about my wife doing the um, the you know, child protection stuff is uh, working with children's checks, you know. Mm. She, she, the only thing she gets annoyed is is always asking people, do you have it? And <laughs> yes. they go, no, mm. uh, I do. And then we look at it, they're expired. They're doing this and doing that. And I, what, I have, what, what it confuses people is, it's more the volunteering side of things, mm. and I may be the that side of it. You know, if you're doing, um, I, of course, a priest. The, the priest is number one. Yeah, he he, he has to have uh, working with children's check. Um, certain other people, even poor, um, if you even your your mum. Um, Caroline and Lindsay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Heidi and store, she just works in the, in And the that's store, what, yeah. well, even the collectors have to have a, if you're a collector, yeah. Yeah. whatever, and readers, yeah. the whole, every, if you're a volunteer in any ministry, you need to have a exactly. working with Exactly. And yeah. I think that's what confuses some other people. Sure. You know, yeah. because, well, what do I need it for? Yes, and everything. yeah. And yeah. I think there has to be a bit more, um, oh, was it, um, Instructions at all? Yeah, clarity. Yeah, guidance, yeah. clarity, yeah, and clarity. Guidance yeah, yeah, for to sure. These people to yeah. say that this is the reason why. Yeah, um, not. It's just the way the process is. Just yeah, not to not to protect. Oh no, sorry, to protect us, but to protect mm. yourself. Yeah, and you got it's a protection exactly. And this is a very good point, Lynn. I forgot to mention this as well. These safeguards protect you as the volunteer, so that you don't put yourself in a situation where you know where you could have been. You know, like, for example, you might innocently say something to a child, you know, or you might innocently tap them on the shoulder or something, but that might not be the way it's perceived. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, so exactly. whatever it might be. Yeah. So these safeguards, and I'm just, those are just situations, the first thing that popped in my head, right? But these, these safeguards are exactly for that so that you don't make the mistake of putting yourself in a position where, um, where you've accidentally unintentionally made a child vulnerable. Uh, and also, but, and also so that you can, not you particularly, I'm just saying you just, just, you know, um, second person, but so that our volunteers, I should say, so that they can also ensure that they, they can have the clarity, as you just said, and the confidence that they actually are doing that what they do in their ministry is making children safe in our churches too. Exactly. And you know what exactly. the other thing is too, mm. it, it helps the parents to feel okay that like, yeah. Well, that's it too, isn't it? Yeah. Make the parents feel safe and know that there are the protections there and that yep. say if they go to a youth group or whatever, yes. that you know your children are going to be safe mm. because of all the protections you put in place. Yep. When I when I used to run the, the youth group, oh my goodness, so much child protection. We were we mm. were <laughs> on top of that. As I, what, yeah. Yeah. That's what good. It's all know. good. It has yeah. to be. Yeah. It has yes. to be, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so uh, all right. Um. And anything else about that? To, uh, just I'll just throw it out to you guys randomly. Um, the the idea of having a liturgy that acknowledges um, that prays, you know, specifically on a Sunday at least once a year um, about child protection and about you know about what's happened in the past and so on. Do we have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, anything that reminds people that children are important and need to be protected is a good thing. So if we do dedicate a Sunday to it have children's day say like yeah, you yes, know it, yeah. that's that's a that's a beautiful thing i mean yeah. there's mother's day there's father's day there's you know all these yeah. days 
Let's yeah, why not? Let's yeah. do that. Our children are precious. That. But have yeah. a celebration of our children. That's a yeah. that's a beautiful idea. That's a idea. great idea, Carol. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. precious they're well, our most important things as yeah. parents. And you know, even yes. Lino, you love our children as well. You're like yeah. their uncle, you know. I mean, yeah. you love you're the them godparents of one of my children, Lino. That's, that's, that's yeah, exactly, exactly right. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean <laughs> You're making me look so old. I, mean, <laughs> I just totally understand, guys. Yeah. That's no, awesome, I mean, Carol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. wholeheartedly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. children's day. Oh why not? And and it yeah, uh, yeah. Child protection. No, nah, child protection. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, I don't like that. No, no. <laughs> Maybe name yeah. it something else. Yeah, yeah. 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 But True. like, I mean, Jesus loved children too, and he mm. held them up really highly, and he told us be like children. So, like, what does that say to you? Um, we need to protect our children. He wants us to do that. Let the children know. come to me Sunday. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, they're yeah. so innocent. We need to protect that. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's a. There's a lot in there, and and we this is why. We can keep going. And so, if I, and, so <laughs> and see what can, I mean. If can. I did the third decree now, this would become a four-hour yeah. podcast. So, yes. um, I'm gonna sort of end this segment here because we're we're getting close to an hour, and we still want to talk about science. So it's gonna be a long podcast, people. Yeah. But don't worry, you've got two weeks one. to listen to it till the next one. So yes. that's all right. Yeah. It's a long one. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what I'll do is next episode, uh, I'll talk about. I might. I have to decide if I'll do just the third decree because it is quite long. And it's a really important one on mission, our, our mission as Catholics. And I, I do want to spend a bit of time talking about that. I've probably harped on about it in a few episodes in the past, but it's a it's a passion project of mine. And it's um, and I think it's one that we should all be aware of as baptized Catholics. But I'll, I'll get off my soapbox now and bring it back out in the next episode. So uh, um, and I would love to hear people's thoughts. So if you're an Australian Catholic, what do you think about these decrees or any of the other decrees as well? Happy to talk about that. And if you're a Catholic from somewhere else around the world, what do you think about what the Australian church has done in these decrees? What are your what are your thoughts as well? This is not in your context. You know, you might be in America or someone else somewhere else and you might have a different context. What do you think about the, the Australian church's movements with these particular um, these particular decisions? So let's move on and uh, let's talk about science. Ah, what a fine day for science. You have any hobbies? I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Can you reverse the polarity? I'll do my best. I am so excited about this one. I am so yes. excited. So I, can, I remember. I can expect a bit of interjecting, yes? Oh, I, I can expect a lot of excited interjecting. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, last, um, no, sorry. Now, I'll set some context from my point of view, first of all, because that's how excited. I had been following with you, both of you, um, over time, the, you know, from when I became aware of it, the construction of the James Webb Space Telescope, which is what this segment's going to be about. I remember on Christmas night, <laughs> all right? So, we, you know, this is not Christmas Eve, but Christmas night. So, because the launch had been delayed, I remember watching the launch at close to midnight, I think it was. It was a ULA rocket launching the James Webb telescope. And uh, and I, I just remember being in awe already. No, and at this point, I hadn't seen, you know, hadn't known what kind of images we would see, knowing that they were probably going to be no. better than Hubble in some kinds yeah, of ways. Yeah. Hadn't seen. But I was already in awe watching this mission and then seeing the set. Like, so you got to see the telescope um, like drift away, fly away from, the, from the, um, the second stage of the rocket there. And just thinking, this thing is going to go. And we, we, you and I, Lena, did a segment on this uh, um, uh, earlier yes. this year. This thing is going to yep. go a million yep. miles away from Earth and be in that, that orbit um, 
you know, of the earth and the sun. And at some point it's going to continue unfolding itself and opening up and aligning its mirrors. And then the fun's going to begin. Mm-hmm. And the fun Total has fun. begun. Totally fun. So, <laughs> Caroline, totally fun. tell us about the fun that has come from, it's more than fun, but tell us about <laughs> the fun, the joy that the James Webb Space Telescope the joy. Has, has given the joy us. Is the, the wonder. Best word. That's right. So, yes, we have the first images from the James Webb Space Telescope. And, of course, it's a project led by NASA, but European Space Agency and other agencies are are involved. So, like you mentioned, it was launched on December 25th from French Guiana and on an Ariane 5 rocket. So the last time we spoke about it as well, in an earlier episode, it was still undergoing commissioning. So you spoke about its launch, and then we had a episode about what it was all about. Yes. Sorry, I just realized that in my little introduction, I said a ULA rocket. You're right. Yeah. It was a European, European space agent. Sorry, European I was correcting there. Yeah. That's okay. Please continue. Yeah. Thank you for raising your hand, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <So>. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we spoke about how it had launched and it had been in space for a while and had un- been undergoing its commissioning. So the mirrors were being aligned, instrument, and the instruments were cooling down because you have to get to a certain temperature for them to really work well. So I thought I'd just quickly recap what instruments are on board because we will be mentioning them while we talk about the images. So there is a near-infrared camera, which is NERCAM, provided by the University of Arizona, a near-infrared spectrograph, NERSPEC, provided by a European Space Agency and has NASA components on it, a mid-infrared instrument, the MIRI, provided by European Consortium with ESA and the Jet Propulsion Laboratory from NASA, and a fine guidance sensor slash near-infrared imager and slitless spectrograph provided by the Canadian Space Agency. So all of the images are being taken using instruments that observe um, infrared and mid-infrared light. The reasons for this are that the very old and distant objects emit in the infrared spectrum Spectrum, so their light can be only observed by infrared astronomy and colder objects and planets also tend to admit, emit light most strongly in the infrared. It's also able to see through dust clouds in nebula and able to view even better the birth of stars and to be able to study the atmosphere of exoplanets orbiting other stars. So that's just a very mm. quick prelude. Now the first images were released on June the 12th and they're the highest resolution pictures taken from space Ever. Ever. Um, mm. Ever. And the images, they come in as a raw form and then they are color processed by putting filters through the images and they layer the different colors of um, filter on. And not only does this make for amazingly gorgeous, beautiful mm. pictures, but it actually highlights all the features that we haven't seen before. So Hubble was amazing, okay? I used to adore the Hubble images. Absolutely. I was inspired to paint pictures from Hubble, you know. But when we look at the same pictures compared to those taken by James Webb, it's like putting on a pair of amazing glasses and you are able to see, it's like I'm seeing clearly, like you can pierce through the clouds and all of that. So. I'm giving Lino the the honour of going through the first image that was presented. Lino, would you like to tell us about this image? 
Uh, this image I must admit guys thank you Caroline for this it's, it's amazing it's something you can always put on as a wallpaper and oh, to remind sure. everyone everyone that this universe we're in is endless it is amazing mm. so this um, James Webb Space Telescope I've just to recap on everyone who's listening that this thing is this, sorry this thing this telescope is the size of a tennis court is that correct mm-hmm. Lizzie we're talking yep. about yep. so this thing it may to us maybe it's big it's big for us mm-hmm. but in the universe it's a tiny little thing and it looks like a honeycomb if you see pictures mm-hmm. of it and is able to take pictures like this I I'm just totally mind blown <laughs> from from something that size to take pictures like that it is uh, totally amazing so it's taken pictures of um, other galaxies and I was talking to you guys about uh, we're still exploring our galaxy we're we're just a solar system, so we're we're still doing ours, and we're looking at another galaxy out there. Four point was it going four point six billion years ago, and the um the cluster is called oh you call it Smacks? Smacks. Or it's called S- yeah. Smacks. So it's a region, Smacks. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a region. Okay, yeah. it's, it sounds sounds horrible in the sense. But anyway, Smacks zero seven two three. So but but um, it's amazing. But knowing that they. Um, I think we Tell us what you this. see. Tell us I, what I, you see. It, it's just galaxies of bright light. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm just too blown away to thinking that there are other galaxies out there and other planets out there that they're still going around. You know what I mean? I, I'm. Oh, it's a, unbelievable. <laughs> it's I, yeah. it, it makes you speechless. It makes you speechless. It does. I'm looking at it like one little galaxy and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like Caroline said, there's other planets within that other galaxy. And okay, other I, stars I, with planets. Imagine yes. that. Oh my goodness yeah. me. It, yeah. it, it, look, I, I, I think we talked about this. I'm going to have to ask everyone. I'll, I'll probably blow the Discord um, and uh, um, social media and <laughs> everything. But. There is one billion, um, uh, what's it, betting, whatever they call it. We are definitely not alone in this universe. Come on. There's definitely something out there. Makes and you wonder. Was, was it, I was it, um, Jimmy Aiken. You, you have to see this and you have to comment about this. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Probably, probably. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And yeah. He's, he's done many episodes on the existence of aliens. Yeah, interesting, you know, alien encounters and so on. That's yeah. true. That is true. Yeah. It's yeah. just only the question is, have they visited us and, and all that stuff? But I, I don't want to get into that <laughs> uh, conversation. That's yeah. for um, Jimmy, to, Jimmy to do. Yeah. But yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah. What I thought was interesting about this image is that the Smacks region, if you were to look at the night sky... Um, your mm. entire field of view, it makes up one speck of sand of a size. Exactly. Oh. And, and yeah. in this image, what are we seeing? We're seeing uh, you know, hundreds <sighs> of galaxies. Like, yeah. And, so, and this is just in one little, one little area. So, it, uh, so if you think of our, our, our galaxy, right? So we've barely scratched going beyond the solar system with, you know, with, some, you know, with some probes that, that you know, left you know, decades and decades ago. And we'll probably come back as a giant space probe looking for the crater. That's Star Trek one, by the way. I'm just that that out there. Yep. I'm looking at you, Voyager 6 or 7, whichever it was. Yep. But, but, uh, but the thing is, um, within this Milky Way galaxy, we're talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, Caroline, but billions of stars, right? Is that, would that be fair? Or, oh, is it, or trillions? Yeah. What, are we, what would be the accurate, oh, you know? What is the number? Yeah. All right. So, so we can't. That's we the can, question. You're safe saying more than billions for sure, right? 
So, sure. And, and those stars have, many of them have planets in orbit around them. Yeah, that's, that's the more mind-blowing uh, yeah. thing about and it. And this is our, and so this and is our one. those planets have little moons. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is our one galaxy. And yeah. now, Lino, this image you were just describing to us is showing stacks of galaxies. And that's in the grain of a sand when you look at the size, when you look at the night sky. So just think about how small we are, people. Oh, my how, goodness How amazingly me. vast this, this universe is. You know, when I saw this image and the others, um, the first thing that came to my mind was, and God saw that it was good. That was, mm. that was what I thought mm. of straight away. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. yep and, and that's what I posted on Discord. I was very expi- inspired, so I put it there in the Let Science <laughs> channel. Um, but the other thing is, as well is uh, that, so um, the, what, what got me right is, Lena, you mentioned that those, uh, the lights from those galaxies in that particular region were 4.6 billion light years away. That's how long it's taken for that light to reach us. But there were galaxies beyond, behind that, that cluster. Mm. And, uh, and I think they were saying that some of them could be 13.1 billion years old, mm-hmm. that light. And our, wow. our universe is about, I think it's 13.7 billion years so, yeah, approximately. About, or, yeah. 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 So we're looking at the, you know, like as close to the beginning right now as of light yeah. that we can capture at the beginning of our universe. And I always think too, like, okay, that's what they looked like then. What do yes. they look like <laughs> now? now? Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, Yeah. it's all mind blowing. And it looked, look, it's um, and from the article, look, the researchers are still getting the data from James. Oh, this is all fresh. Oh Oh, yes, they've got so much planned. Yeah, can you imagine the researchers? They'll be salivating. They'll be looking at, oh my gosh, look at this, look at this, yeah, oh for sure. And you know the difference too between Hubble and James Webb. Um, is that the James Webb is able to take images um, in a matter of hours. Like Yes, yes, that's right. They yeah. can, it can take hours just to get an image, but yep. Hubble used to take weeks, weeks. or months. You know, I think it was weeks to like kind of wow. take an image. Yep. It would have to, it would have to uh, yeah, just like look at something for a really long time mm. to get the information. Yep. James wow. Webb is able to just look at something for hours yep. and then – gets the information and imagine how fast now we're going to be getting images. So I I think we can safely say that long after James Webb has died and decommissioned or whatever, they will still be unpacking the science from from James Webb. No doubt. still will be. Because it's not just a giant camera. It's also taking measurements. Like you said, Caroline, it was measuring the atmospheres of exoplanets and and all that. Yeah, Yeah. it's got the spectrograph, which can read the chemical composition of whatever it points to, really. So yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, And then they can can figure out temperature and atmosphere and pressure and all that. But hey... We can t- keep talking about all oh, this. Should we go this on for the next yeah, like, We could go yeah. for hours about this, this one. Is, go for it, Caroline. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go for yeah. the next one. And yeah. I suggest that you look these up while we're talking about yeah. it because it yes. makes more sense. Yeah. Yes, it does. So yeah. I'm going to talk about next the Carina Nebula. Oh, this was so the, oh, this is one of the images <laughs> that really, when you compared the Hubble to the James Webb Spel- mm. t- Space Telescope version, is like, wow. So... This is the edge of a star-forming region called NGC 3324, located about 7,600 light-years away. And, yeah, it's just so much detail. What can we see? So we can see, like, it's basically big, big gas cloud. It's mm-hmm. it's like mountains and valleys and pillars of gas, which the peaks of the mountains themselves are about seven light-years high. So that's, you know, just that – can you imagine that? So – um 
so the gas is being carry, carried around by ultraviolet radiation and stellar winds of hot young stars. It shows hot ionized gas streaming out of the nebula. Um, it's a really great picture of like a stellar nursery and provides great information on, on how stars are formed. So from the NASA site, it says these observations of NGC 3324 will shed the light on the process of star formation. Star birth propagates over time, triggered by the expansion of the eroding cavity. As the bright ionized rim moves into the nebula, it slowly pushes into the gas and dust. If the rim encounters any unstable material, the increased pressure will trigger the material to collapse and Mm. form new stars. Amazing. Conversely, this type of disturbance may also prevent star formation and as the star-making material is eroded away. This is a very delicate balance between sparking star formation and stopping it. Webb will address some of the great open questions of modern astrophysics. What determines the number of stars that form in a certain region? Why do stars form with a certain mass? So just from this image, already a few questions are being posed and we can learn so much just from this picture. Um, Wow. Yes, amazing. (laughs) It's just, I, I love this. I mean, for me, the... Something I love to look at are pictures of nebula and it's my, been my favorite thing from Hubble and um, just imagining the gasses, you know, you know, like, you know, being smashed together and making a star. It's <laughs> yeah. just, it's just wow. an amazing thing to think about, you know. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'm blown away. <laughs> I'll share this in the show notes, but I just remembered, I just looked it up yeah. now as well and I'll put it in our chat if you want to have a look at it. But yeah. uh, on Facebook, someone created a 360 composite of this image. So you could mm, look wow. around in 3D and look up and down uh, and everything. So there's a Facebook post. I'll put it in our show notes too. Super but it's a beautiful okay. way to explore that. Um, but that was wow. the last image they showed, wasn't it? It was the fifth one. And yeah. uh, it was 5.30 in the morning. No, sorry. It was 1.30 in the morning um, Australia time when I watched Yeah, it was um, the last that. one. Yeah. And I, I was in bed. <laughs> Isabel was yeah. fast asleep. And I couldn't yeah. sleep because I was just blown away by this. And I, I yelled out loud when I saw it because <laughs> I was just stunned. And then Isabel said, go back to sleep. <laughs> But uh, and I was like, you've got to look at this. You've got to look at this. But it was yeah, um, yeah. that the one of the scientists um, or astronomers who was looking at the image when she introduced it said, "There are formations here. We don't even know what they are." Yeah, she's we're, like, we're, "What yeah. is that?" We didn't know they are. <laughs> and there are stars in this wow. image. You know, we've taken yeah. an image of this region before, yeah. but there are stars in this yeah. image we've never seen before. Exactly. So there are new stars, exactly. even more. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. So if yeah. you do able, if you're able to look up the. The Hubble version of this one, you'll see that the clouds are kind of just clouded over, really, and yeah. you might see pink dots kind of dimly inside. Yeah. But this one really exposes all the stars and, like you said, things that we haven't seen before. Like this, this is next really level brings something out, else. Yeah. It, it's, it's looking inside the cloud, not just like yes. on the outside. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's like, and I heard somebody there was a there was a. Uh, question answer and um, they were saying imagine like x-raying something it's not using x-rays but imagine like x-raying your body and you can see your outside but then you do an x-ray yeah and you suddenly see the inside of it so it's 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 equivalent to that really wow Yes, that, awesome. that image yeah. was. Um, yeah, I'm glad they say they definitely saved the best for last. That, that they uh, did, they did. Yes. But the others are just as amazing. Absolutely, um, yeah. So yes, let me go on to the next one. So I'm going to talk about Stefan's quintet mm, next. Yep. Okay, this is also mind blowing, and I'll tell yes. you why. 
So it's a picture of five galaxies in the foreground. And now if you look in the background, there's also many, many stars and many galaxies. James Webb's just can't help yeah. it, okay? It takes yeah, showing everything. off. It's showing off. Everything yeah. that's there. It's like, yeah, I, look at this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you want to look at this, but I'm also yeah. going to include all of this. Okay? And here's a couple of other galaxies. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so the image was actually constructed using 1,000 separate image files. It contains 150 million pixels. And if you were to, to get the size of the image, it's about actually about one-fifth the moon's diameter. Oh so goodness. it's not a picture you can just like the raw version <laughs> of it. <laughs> like, you can put it on the moon's wall maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yes, yeah. it's amazing. I feel like actually I want to print it out and put it on my wall now. Yeah. I've said that. I'm looking um, at it right now. It's just yeah. it's, it's, it's yep. gorgeous. Um, yep. So we see five galaxies. We see clusters of stars. They're all in close interaction, these galaxies. Two of the galaxies, which which I saw the first thing that popped out to me because I just think it's an amazing thing to think about, is that two of the galaxies are in a process of merging together. Yes, yeah. Um, wow. And to me, just the idea that our galaxy could possibly merge with another mm. one, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know how that would go down. But well, anyway. Five, five billion years away from merging with the Andromeda galaxy, I think. Well, bit, yeah. yeah. And wow. luckily okay. for us, we have a short lifespan. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, goodness gracious. You know, if humanity doesn't work out how to travel to other places by five billion <laughs> by years time, now, yeah. I reckon yeah. that is Come the on. biggest example of procrastination ever. I know, yeah. like, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, the next generation will do so it. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, next generation will do that one, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, let them do it. So, from the website, um, together the five galaxies of Stefan's Quintet are also known as the Hickson Compact Group, so 92. So, you've got HCG 92. Also called a quintet, only four of the galaxies are truly close together and caught up in a cosmic dance. So, they're really close together, you know, in space in space terms. Um, the fifth and leftmost most galaxy called NGC 7320 is, a well, is well in the foreground compared with the other four. Ah. NGC 7320 resides 40 million light years from Earth. Well, the other four galaxies... Um, are about 290 million Shoo. light years away. Goodness so me. those are the ones that are actually yes. close to yes, each other. Yes, right, right. Okay. Yeah. They, they look is almost this, like they're sharing material there. They like, do. Yeah, yeah. They do, don't they? Yeah. Um, this is still if, still fairly close in cosmic terms compared with the most distant galaxies billions of light years away. Studying such relatively nearby galaxies like this helps scientists better understand structures seen in more distant universe. And it says the proximity provides astronomers a ringside seat for witnessing the merging and interactions between galaxies that are so crucial to all of galaxy evolution. Yeah, so how cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> and then there's mm. there's this which I wanted to read. It says tight groups like this may have been more common in the early universe when ah. they're superheated, infalling material may have fueled the very energetic black holes called quasars. Even today, the topmost galaxy in the group harbors an active galaxy galactic nucleus, a supermassive black hole, 24 million times the mass of the sun, and it's still actively Oof. pulling in material and puts it out light equivalent to 40 billion suns. So oh. um, 
you know, you look at the image and then you think about what's going on and a lot is going on my and it's all mind-blowing yeah. stuff. My brain can't you know? do it. Yeah, can't process it's, it. It's oh, like, and that's me? why they have specific wow. astronomers and scientists who concentrate on one thing because yes. you just can't possibly. Too many things, yeah. yeah. Even you if you dedicate every person in the human race to studying one thing, there's you just won't be able to study everything. You can't. Oh, it's, no, it's, yeah. it's too much. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> wow. Shall we go to the next one? Yes. Can you yep. take it? Can you take it? Not really, All but right. let's go. <laughs> <laughs> let's do some more. So this one is such a pretty photo. I, I love it. So it's called the Southern Ring Nebula, and it is of a dying star, yes, a yeah. star in the process of, of going, leaving the world. However, what it shows is a beautiful but dimly lit star in the centre of a large ring of gas and dust. It's named NGC 3132 and is about 2,500 light years away. So the ring of gas and dust is actually made of layers or shells. Each shell of gas was created as the gas was ejected by the star. And the gas and dust is measured and then they can find out, you know, learn about the history of the star. Um of its life, you know, then as it dies, they can, they just learn more about how, how the star um, ends its life. Um, the star is also cool because it's, it's a part of a system of two stars. So it's mm-hmm. a binary star system. And the near cam image, the layers of the light in this image and Miri highlighted the dust around the stars. So the two different cameras can get different information working together. Um, the brighter star is actually in an early stage of, an, of its evolution, so it's younger than the other star. And the two stars, while they orbit each other, they continue to stir the gas and dust, causing those astrometrical um, um, shapes of the gas that you can see. Um, and it, and on this website, it says, as the star ejects shells of material, dust, and molecules from within them, changing the landscape even as the star continues to expel material. So it is expelling material. You can see it's yeah. jets of stuff coming out of it and light and light going through the gas clouds and everything. Um, the dust will eventually enrich the areas around it, expanding into what's known as the interstellar medium. So I think we spoke mentioned that last episode. And, and since it's very long-lived, the dust may end up uh, tra- traveling through space for billions of years and becoming incorporated into a new star of planet. Oh my or planet. So it's kind yeah. of like a recycling system, you know, a star dies, mm. emits all its stuff, and then it can be incorporated into something else. Yeah, I just love to stare at this one. I, it was one of the ones that stood out to me as well. This is some um, sci-fi level stuff. This image, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's amazing. Like, but it's not sci-fi. It's it's sci real. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. It's real. It's That's the, real the best thing about it. It yeah. is the real deal. It exists. And yeah, or it existed. <laughs> it existed. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I yeah. mean, it may be fainter now. Yeah. But it it's just to to capture this moment. Mm. You know. Of yep. the star's life cycle. Yep. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, off to wow. the left, uh, there's yes. a galaxy as well in the background. Like they've, There is. Yep. There is. Just so, another galaxy thrown in there. That's right. And you yep. probably remember the scientist speaking about this one on the, the, the presentation when they yep. were presenting the pictures. He was like, oh, I'd, 
yeah. I wasn't sure what they it was. Bets, and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're like, <laughs> I didn't think it was a galaxy, but the others were right. It, it actually turns it's, out to yeah, be a galaxy, galaxy on its side. Yeah. I wow. mean, how big is this? Yes, <laughs> this thing is I mean, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, so they captured a galaxy. There you go, James Webb Space Telescope, going ahead and just capturing galaxies in the picture again. So yeah. This is just showing I mean, off now, showing just off. Just showing yeah. off. But please continue Amazing. showing off, James Webb. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Gosh, I seriously can't wait to yeah. see more. Um, let's go through the last one. So mm-hmm. the last one is actually a graph, and it is a, a spectrograph showing the giant gas giant WASP-966 atmospheric composition. So they pointed to this exoplanet that they knew about. Let me tell you, WASP-96b is one of more than 5,000 confirmed exoplanets in the Milky Way. It's located roughly 1,150 light years away in the southern sky constellation Phoenix. It represents a type of gas giant that has no direct analogue in our solar system. Mm. Nothing like it. So with, with a mass of less than half that of Jupiter and a diameter 1.2 times greater, WASP, so it's kind of puffy is how they describe it. But it's, <laughs> it's puffy. WASP-96b is much puffier than any planet orbiting our sun. And with a temperature greater than 1,000 Fahrenheit, it is significantly hotter. Yes. It orbits extremely close to its sun-like star, just one-ninth the distance between Mercury and the sun, completing one circuit every three and a half Earth days. So as we know, our Jupiter... Should be a hot Jupiter, but for some reason it's out there. It's in the wrong place, yeah. It's, yeah. So we can have a whole discussion about that. But (laughs) that is a fascinating topic, by the way. It it is an extremely fascinating topic. So WASP 96b was observed for 6.4 hours as it moved across its star. So they call it, I think it's called direct imaging. Um, They put a coronagraph on top of its star so they can kind of block the light out and and see the planet and observe the planet. And they pointed the spectrograph at it. So a light curve was then created and a transmission spectrum was revealed and it measured the amount of water vapor in the atmosphere. It also measured the it was able to measure the temperature of the atmosphere. So when they looked at this spectrograph, it was the spectrum came up with water. It had a distinct signature of water and it's something they didn't know would happen and it there's evidence for clouds and haze so it's a big puffy water steamy planet it seems like sounds like and, a bit um, of a sauna almost yeah, yeah. so um, welcome to galactic hot springs <laughs> <laughs> galactic hot springs it, yeah. it, it, it'll it's melt it's your face it's just amazing <laughs> yeah, wow yeah. yeah so um that's just yeah they they threw in an exoplanet in amongst these um you know, the images, you know, yeah. just to show off what it can do. And they were able to get this, yeah, they were able to find that water was predominant in the atmosphere of this exoplanet. Yeah. So now so, the hope is, isn't it, Caroline, that they will be able to do this with multiple planets and possibly yes. eventually find one that would be capable of sustaining life well, or human yes, life. That's, yeah. that's that's always the aim, isn't it, for um, scientists to, to find a planet that is kind of similar to Earth. And then mm. we wonder, is there anybody living on there or could yes. we move over there or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, a little gift package or something, you know, just, hey, yeah. galactic <laughs> so they've got. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send a bunch of flowers. Yeah. Um, so, um, 
Roses. Um, so nice. what they've got is they've actually got um, a whole program set out of what is going to be observed and there's a lot going to be observed. So, yes, there'll be many exoplanets. They'll be pointing to things in our solar system. They'll be pointing to galaxies. They'll be pointing. There's a whole lot of stuff, a whole lot of science that's going to come out of this. And this yeah. is just a tiny, tiny sample. This of, is the beginning. You know, yeah. yeah. It is the beginning, but it's, yeah. it's a good representation of what yep. the telescope can do. Yeah. And wow. there was one more image, mm-hmm. Lindsay, while it was testing. So just to testing. flex its muscles for us, James Webb uh, did another one. Now, this is just a test image, so it's not a, com- a completely mm-hmm. clear one, but it's just to show us what is what it will be able to do is they, uh, they produced a photo or an image of Jupiter that they took as kind of like a test to see um, – how everything works with one of its moons. I forgot which moon yeah. it was. I think it was Europa. But it's there <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, it might be Europa. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm. So, um, again, it's just a test image, but the thing is they will be able to have a clear, you know, looking image of Jupiter. Uh, probably, Isn't that amazing? Yeah, in, in a lot oh of high detail. Yeah, you don't need to is, send a probe out there for photos probe, anymore. You can just, yeah, you just got James Webb to aim it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, so Carolyn, it was New Horizons that went to Pluto. Mm. I wonder oh if James gosh. Webb now would just cancel out the, the you know the um what what New Horizons did and give us even better images of Pluto now. Well, this the is planet, the, the planet. <laughs> this is one of the thoughts I had because it's one of our favorite projects, right? Yes, like yeah. we love the Kuiper belt and we're keen yeah. to see what else is out there. Yes, yeah. And the first thought I had was I wonder if it's going to be pointed out to the Kuiper belt and yes. they will be doing that and I wonder yeah. if we're going to get you know, some information about what is out there. So they would be able to collaborate with New Horizons because New Horizons right there and continually measuring and and all of that. So, yeah, it's just another tool, an amazing tool to add to get more information. Uh, yeah. About what's out there, I just feel like, like poor Horizon has been doing all this work, and all of a sudden his big brother. Would go, <laughs> like, hey, oh, there we go. Fancy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey there, small fry. Here you got some images of Pluto. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> oh, that's not a yeah. camera. This is a camera. Yeah, you call that yeah. a camera? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor Horizon. Yeah. But look, yeah. it's great to see that Horizon's still doing, doing work. It's doing, doing yeah. what it needs oh, to be yes. done. It's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, New Horizons uh, stunned us with uh, the images of Pluto. Mm. That that was. Oh. Uh, Again, that was and another mind blowing. Still a planet. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Planet. Still a planet. We're going with that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, International Astro- Astronomical Union. You- Union. Yeah. <laughs> you got it wrong. You botched it. You got it wrong there. <laughs> you botched yeah. it. Yep. Might be tiny, but it is a planet. Yeah. It's still a planet. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So, yeah. All right. There yep. we go. Ooh. We'd love to hear thoughts. Yes. Uh, comments. Um, anything about. Yep. What we've spoken about. Were you today? as blown away as we were? What discoveries yeah. have you heard about from yeah. these images? What do you want to um, see? And please post in the in the Let's uh, Science Discord if you like any yes. you know yeah. later on any other discoveries that come out because I'm sure it's going to be yeah. too much to keep yeah. a, a track of. So if yeah. there's a discovery that James yeah, Webb makes, it's a good place that, to share. Yeah, mm-hmm. that something mm-hmm. that blew you away or was really exciting, please throw it mm-hmm. in so we can all share the excitement with you as well because we love yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. I think we're going to skip the entertainment segment today yep. because mm-hmm. we're, this is going to become an hour and a half podcast. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. There's just so much to talk about. Which, yeah. Right. And James Webb is huge. You can't do James Webb. You know. It's entertaining yeah. in itself. I it think is. that was actually yeah. my entertainment yeah. this week watching all the <laughs> yes. yeah, we press I mean, conferences yeah, and the, but, things. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Between the Plenary Council and, and James Webb, these were all episodes you could do on their own. They're episodes in themselves. So. We've we've merged the two together. Yes. Like the galaxies in Stefan's quintet. We've merged them together. Yes. yes. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, there you go. Very good. All right. So let's um 
let's move on. Caroline, you and I can talk about The Rise of Gru, the Minions movie next time, because I, I did go and sure. see it as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, although I will mention just very quickly, there's a very funny scene very early on where they're watching, they go to the movies with young Gru and they're watching Jaws and their minions are laughing like it's a comedy. I just thought that yes, was really funny. That that, that was, was the scene that got me. But anyway, we'll talk about that yeah. later. So um, we want to thank you all for joining us for episode 80 of The Catholics of Oz. Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create The Catholics of Oz. And today we would love to thank Patrick, Mike and Angie G, Charles J, Father Jeff H, and Mary B. Through their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give, they make it possible for The Catholics of Oz and all the other shows on StarQuest to continue. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And would you like to discuss anything we've talked about in today's show? We've talked about quite a lot and we'd love to hear from you. So you can send us feedback by visiting sqpn.com slash oz, spelt O-Z, where you can also find links and show notes for today. We're on Discord, so you can sign up to Discord if you're not there yet at um, sqpn.com slash Discord. Come and join all the discussions about um, Catholics of Oz, Let's Science, and all the other um, shows uh, that are there as well. You can also find our shows on SQPN's Facebook page and Twitter, so facebook.com slash StarQuestMedia or Twitter at SQPN. And uh, you can also find us on, uh, what is it? So there's also an Instagram for SQPN. You can go find it. So all the socials, just search SQPN and see if, see if there's a presence. We also have our own Catholics of Oz Facebook page at facebook.com slash Catholics of Oz. You can join us in discussing our latest episodes there if you'd like to as well. Or you can send us a good old email at CatholicsofOz at SQPN.com. Caroline, thank you so much for being on episode 80 today and sharing your love and excitement of James Webb. <laughs> Thank you. It was really fun. And um, yes, let's just keep it spacey. It's, yeah. it's so good. Oh, there's an episode <laughs> title. Thanks for that. Good. Yeah, keep it spacey. <laughs> yeah. And Lido, thank you so much for uh, having our minds blown with us as well, having your mind blown with us as well about yeah. all of this Thank on you episode for helping 80. me out with the episode this yes. time. There was a lot to talk about. There's a lot to do. Yeah. Thanks for carrying totally the word for guys. Caroline too. Totally good. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much, guys. Thank, thank you, Ricardo, for um, giving me that article. I Like I said, Guys, <laughs> I got no words yeah. to describe Mind it. Mind blown. It makes you speechless. It is totally. It really does. And um, look, we just hope James Webb is still going. I've got a quick question before we leave. Is how long has James Webb got? Do we know how long he's able to go in space more, for? More than a decade for sure. Off the top sure. of my head, yeah. It's like, yeah. I think I've heard 10 years, but it probably I think 10 years was Whoa. the plan. However, we did yeah. mention this yeah. in our show, mm-hmm. um, that That's the right. launch yeah. was so good and so precise mm-hmm that they have enough fuel to extend the life yeah, of James Webb beyond right, 10 yeah. years. And the camera's so amazing. The images, I mean, yeah. the wow. instruments are yeah. amazing. I don't mm. think they're going to let it go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and right. I have a That's whole right. lot of new desktop wallpapers for my PC now. Which is <laughs> yes, me too. Oh my Sorry, goodness. Sorry, Mac. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yes, thanks again for listening, everyone. I'm Lindsay Stance. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 80 of The Catholics of Oz on StarQuest. <laughs>